Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. back it's wednesday august 19th tomorrow's my fucking birthday um but i don't give a shit i've never really liked birthdays they're weird and there's always like this weird uh pressure to have a lot of fun and like there are plenty times when i'm just like not fun you know and then just the added pressure just it's like a i'll think it like stage fright or some shit so i'll probably hide in my room uh, until the sun goes down but thank you for wishing me happy birthday if you did lot of nervous energy today and at first I thought it was anxiety and I think it's because I didn't have caffeine for the past couple days and then I did have caffeine today and I am talking so fucking fast now. Did you love last week's episode with the most random ramblings ever and like truly the most intimate uh, descriptions of mine and Aaron's sex? I literally like had a list and like once I stopped recording I was like okay I said this and then I said this and then I kept coming back and forth from the bedroom to the living room being as I re-listened being like, wait, 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 I forgot that I also talked about like your penis popping out. Like, is that cool? Um, is it cool that I said this? Is it cool that I said this? Uh, find a partner that's like super supportive, guys. Um, truly, I really mean that. I'm not trying to be like silly. I had exes that were not okay with my show. Uh, and you, you can't fuck me if you're not okay with my show. But I did fuck a guy. And I still truly regret this. I think it was like a revenge fuck. Not a revenge fuck, but it was just like, I don't know why I did it. Uh, he had said, is awkward sex even that, like, he's like, it's awkward sex and even that good. But he had also quit comedy. So he was like, one, not funny. And two, um, uh, bitter, you know, uh, which is fine. Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. I fucked him. The sex was actually... So I was actually very good and he lived 10 blocks away from me. So I literally could walk to his apartment. Um, but then I would cancel. I think I talked about this already. I canceled on him so many fucking times because I had shit going on. I was like putting a conference on and then he called me out and he's like, you've canceled me seven times now. Like either you don't want to or, or you really are that busy. And so then I was like, fine. I had him come over. We fucked twice. And then that was kind of it. Anyhow, I think he wanted to date. I didn't want to date. I just wanted someone within my neighborhood in the city that I could walk to and fuck. <laughs> we have a mutual friend. And like somehow, like I would meet this guy years later, the mutual friend of the dude that I fucked. We would meet later and I'd be like, shit, like, can I say it? Calvin. I'd be like, Calvin, <laughs> I saw a picture of you in that guy's room. <laughs> and, he, and then then somehow his dick came up and he was like, yeah, he'd always be like, someone would always be like, I have a big dick. And I'd be like, I can confirm. Ugh, I can confirm. He has a huge, he has a huge dick. And he was like, I'm so surprised. I wouldn't have thought it. I was like, yeah, I, from the outside with clothes on, I would have also not had, um, known, you know, I would have had, I would have had no clue. Anywho, uh, fuck that guy, uh, for shitting on awkward sex in the city, but I still fucked him, right? Like, why did I still fuck him? Probably because I was in my twenties. Uh, I will be 32 
uh, on Thursday, tomorrow. And everyone was like, your 30s are like the best. They're the best. And truly, they've been like kind of like the worst. Um, my 20s were great. Made a lot of dumb mistakes, uh, dumb decisions. And I, I don't regret them, you know? Um, 30s making dumb mistakes still. Uh, I feel like I'm not taking as many risks though. And I miss that. Uh, I will say, and this is going to segue into um, what I wanted this episode to be about, is that I definitely have had to, in my 30s, kind of step back and kind of really take note and, and um, how to say, just, I guess, maybe finally be honest with my own toxic behaviors and what toxicity I was allowing for my friends and my family uh within my life and how that's affecting me. And I kind of had to really do uh, the work again. Like I would definitely say from probably from July of last year until I probably didn't start feeling better until like maybe June. Um, It was a really hard year. And like now looking back, it was a lot of like self-sabotage and toxic behaviors and toxic people around me and just being in like a lot of denial. And it reminds me of uh, back in my, I guess I was either 24 or 25. I think I was 25. Um, After I've talked about this before, after like a very, it wasn't a bad breakup. Other breakups were like me and this dude like broke up a lot um, because we needed to. And it was very toxic. I couldn't let go. Um, and I think like now, like looking back on it, it, it was more of not being able to let go because misunderstanding what relationships really look like. Because, um, you know, boomers are always like, it's relationships are so hard. You have to work at them. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. And now like being in like a good, stable and like very happy relationship, they're not hard. There's just no drama to it. I mean, it's hard to like communicate sometimes when you're like, I'm really pissed off that you made me not me. You're like, I'm really pissed off. I did the dishes like five times in a row and you didn't. Like, it's like little things like that. Like, I'm trying to think of like fights we've had. Um, yeah, we had fights about the dishes during, uh, during this pandemic. Um, but because we were like healthy and can communicate, I was about to record. And so I was like, I can't do this right now. Like, I can't do this. Like I have to fucking record. Um, and then like the person was late and me and him, when me and Aaron fight, I usually need to like walk away and like gather my words, uh, put my thoughts into coherent sentences. Cause if we ever like, if we ever like hang out like as friends, like face to face, I mean, I'm doing it now. I ramble and like I lose like my point and when I'm trying to um, communicate, et cetera. So when we fight, I like to walk away, be like, this is what I felt X, Y, and Z because of A, B, and C. I also burped. I don't know if you guys heard it. And then kind of go from there. And so because the person I was recording with was late, I like came back and was like, okay, here's where I'm at. Here's what I feel. This, this, and this. And then so Aaron was like, okay, cool. Um, yeah, I didn't want to get into it either because I didn't want to get in your head while you're recording. Um, and this is, I felt this way because of this way and that way. Like that's like, not to be like, that's how you communicate, but like you have to just be able to be like, to step back and learn to not like win. And in that past relationship, that we were constantly breaking up and getting back together, it felt like I was trying to win some something 
win the fight, win the relationship, win anything. And that's very, very toxic and that's not okay. And it's also very toxic within friendships too, which I'm learning that I have people in my life that do that where they're just trying to win the argument rather than actually getting to the crux of the issue uh, so you both can grow and move forward. And I think a lot of times you can't do that without actually knowing what you need. And so probably 10 minutes into this podcast, I'm finally getting to what I wanted this podcast to be about, which is breakups and and, and COVID, I guess. COVID breakups, COVID dating. COVID dating is like very huge right now, obviously, because like life is crazy. Life is a mess. Um, and it's it's fair to want like a partner in all of this. And what's been interesting to watch within COVID dating is at least amongst like people that I know, it seems to cut the bullshit out really quickly, right? Uh, people are like defining the relationship quicker. People are saying what they need and want in this if they're just hooking up or if they are dating more than one person. And it also kind of looks like not that many people are dating more than one person during COVID because that's, you know, that's a liability. Um, you could be potentially putting people's health at risk. And I think it, it's it's been interesting to watch this be done very responsibly. Um, I haven't seen it done irresponsibly, but I would assume that it also is. Because um, you also have to think about like, you know, in New York City, everyone, you either like, you rarely live alone. only have like a couple of friends that live alone. Uh, you live with your partner or you live with roommates. Like before I lived with Aaron, I lived with two other people uh, for like five years. So when you start bringing in an extra person or extra people during a global pandemic, when we were originally taught, like, stay away from people, that can be done irresponsibly. And how do you have those type of conversations? That being said, COVID has seemed to also bring in a lot of breakups. And these are all just like my thoughts and assumptions, and I'm not an expert. Um, and I just, this is just what I've seen and what I think may be happening. But again, like I think what COVID gave us personally, I feel like is a lot of time. And within that time, uh, I think a lot of us had some rough spirals, myself included. Uh, I watched a lot of creatives being very confused why all of a sudden they had no ability to make art. And it's like, because we're all going through grief and trauma and just a fun, just a fun crapshoot of a lot of scary emotions. But also with that time came the ability to kind of like think, right? Uh, and see a lot more. And that can include overanalyzing or, or whatnot. Or it could also include finally being able to admit the things that you were allowing to happen and that you weren't okay with it. So with that time, I think is, has also created like a lot of boundaries, uh, new boundaries for people. And again, myself included, I've definitely uh, put out um, a brand new chapter of boundaries in my life with family and with friends. And honestly, with myself, um, I've had to learn how to check my empathy. Um, I have a very bad habit of uh, wanting to save people. I don't know where that comes from. Probably childhood. I have therapy in five hours. I'll bring it up with her. Um, and you can't, you can't do that. And it's also like fucked up and shitty of you to want to do that for someone. It's implying a lot of stuff, but it can also allow 
the people in your life that you're trying to quote unquote save or change, allow them to not be responsible for their actions in a lot of ways. And so to go back to breakups, and I guess friendships too, we can, we can pull in friendships. We never talk about friendships. We never talk about the grief of like losing a friend that's still alive. And I think that happens a lot. And when it first happened to me the uh, first few times in, oh, I just burped. When I moved into the city, <laughs> it was a wet one too. Um, I didn't know how to handle it. And a lot of times I thought it was like my fault. And not to say that it wasn't. It's also just like, that's kind of life. Like just friends move in and out. And also like as a military brat, I know as a child, I had a huge habit of just assuming that this friendship would last three years. And then when I moved, they'd be out of my life. And that's what happened, right? Because I was young. You didn't have uh, Facebook, you didn't have Instagram, you didn't have this little mini computer in your hand that you could constantly connect with someone, no matter where they are, you know, no matter what country, what state, what time. Um, you had letters, and I don't even know if we're gonna have letters that much longer. But this new, it was new learning that like your friendships can end for other reasons than just because of a physical distance, right? And and that it's okay to be sad about it and to be confused by it and to want to learn and grow from it. Uh, but to learn that it's not fully your fault, unless it really is fully your fault. It could be. I could have totally lost people that was fully my fault. But I guess I guess with growth and like age, I've learned to like people – it can be okay if people are like disappointed in you. Like it doesn't have to affect you or um, or that not everyone's going to like you even if they liked you before. Like people change. Remember how this was going to be about breakups? Um, so I'm thinking about one person. Oh, well, those are a couple people that I might bring up. I'm not going to use their names because that's not fair to them. Aw. Aw, someone sent me a message. Aw. Sorry, someone just sent me a really sweet message. <laughs> They're super proud of who I am. <laughs> Became, aw, guys, just grow. Um, I have to... I have to respond because I don't want to leave her on red. Do you ever get led left on red on Instagram DMs and you're just like, I know you're on your fucking, you just posted a story, like respond. But that's because I'm crazy and I am a Leo and I need constant validation. Um, that is so sweet. I love you and proud of you. Um, this is so funny. This is actually like, I went to like elementary, middle school and a year of high school with her. Um, and she moved after our ninth, ninth grade. We were best friends. Moved after ninth grade. And um, right, like we didn't have iPhones yet. So we didn't really keep in contact well. But we've definitely like reconnected in the past year. Um, why did I look at my phone? Why did I do that? Why did I get so distracted? Oh, okay. Because I took a screenshot of uh, my friend, Natalie, breathe. You guys still with me? Okay, cool. Because I'm not even sure I'm with me. One of my friends started dating someone like right when COVID started and it definitely went well. Um, was happy for a bit and then just kind of sounds like they needed space to figure shit out. And then when they did take that space, decided that ultimately this relationship wasn't the best for them. Um, and sh they broke up with that person and they took it the, um, not they, the person that broke up with them, the breaker upper, I'm trying not to use, it doesn't matter. She broke up with him and she took it really badly 
the person that like who did the breaking up, um, my friend, and was you know was a wreck immediately and the day after and maybe now too possibly I'm not sure I haven't actually I texted her today but about something else I didn't ask her about the how she's doing, um. And she was, you know, she was confused. And why did it hurt so much if she was the one that made the decision and that she just really wanted to reach out to him because, you know, she did love him. And, but like, but basically like something was missing and she didn't know what it was. And I want to read what she said, because I think it was like very important. Um, What scares me a little is that I can't remember asking. Blank was so supportive and came over when I needed him and did anything to make me feel held, but on a deeper level of showing, but on a deeper level of showing up, I don't know. I could have said, I need you to do X, Y, and Z, but I didn't know what X, Y, and Z was. And I think that's really important to discuss. I feel as if Everyone's always like, you need to know who you are. You need to love yourself before you can love anyone else. And I truly think that's bullshit. You do not have to love yourself. There's many, many times when we don't love ourselves, even when we are very happy and healthy with our relationship with ourselves. What you do need to know is what you want and what you need. And they're sometimes different, and that's okay. And so, what she said in that text, right? She was like, I know there's something, but I don't know what it is. And I think that happens a lot. And I think a lot of people don't take the time to figure out what that is. And I even asked um, Aaron, because this person is a mutual friend for us. And I was just kind of like, it's like, you know, they're going through this. They just said this. And I was just kind of like, how did you, it's like, how did you know like that I was the one? Like, what was the moment? And at first he was like, it's way too early uh, for that deep of a question because it was like 8 a.m. And I was like, okay, fair. Because I also like couldn't figure out the answer. I was like, I knew when I fell in love with Aaron um, and it's when he commuted out from New York City to Connecticut on one of his days off. Oh, no, I think he just took the day off. Maybe he took the day off. I can't remember. But he commuted out to Connecticut to see me to like go out when this is like really early into our dating it's because we like kind of had to do like long distance for like kind of like three months uh, because I was a live-in nanny in Connecticut and he he bought me cheesecake he bought me a junior's cheesecake and I shit you not it was the first thing someone I was dating had ever bought me before like ever um And it was just like this, like constant, like showing up for me in a way that like I wasn't used to that. I was like, I am love this guy. And he got me cheesecake and I love cheesecake. And I actually had to devour the cheesecake before the kids got home. Cause I think, I don't think I told the parents I was having him come over. He came over twice when I was living dating or living nannying. And one time I asked and they were like, of course. Um, and the other time I did not ask. So I had to be, I had to like shove it in my mouth because for some reason I couldn't, I couldn't be like, yeah, I bought it for myself. I was like, no, they'll know. They'll know someone was here. Um, I actually had sex with multiple people in that house that I didn't tell the parents about. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I hope they never hear this. 
I think it's fine. I'm a grown ass adult. I remember one time <laughs> I had this one guy come over. Um, he was like going from New York to Boston for a show. And I was like, yeah, stop here. And we fucked. And then I had to go pick up one of the kids at like baseball practice or like watch a baseball game. And truly, I felt like I just had an affair. I was like, no one knows about this. No one knows that this guy was in here and ate me out <laughs> um, on my bed, um, which is technically their guest bed. Anyhow, I, sorry, it's, and now I'm like daydreaming. I just love, I love that type of sex. I love like secret sex. I love public sex. Uh, I love like a little, like, like added, I don't know if like added pressure is the right term. It doesn't matter. Anywho, we just found out one of our friends had sex in Prospect Park. And I was like, my first reaction was like, I want to have sex in Prospect Park. I have told you that. No, we know it's possible. I mean, anything's possible, but there's definitely like way more people in the park now since there's like nothing to do in the city. Oh, I've done it again. I've gone on a weird tangent. Okay. So let me summarize real quick. Let me get back to the text. She said she knew she needed something, didn't know what it was, so she couldn't say it out loud, right? So what I'm trying to get to is that you can't be, again, in my opinion, you can't like fully be in a relationship with maybe even friends too, friends, partners, lovers, unless you know what you fucking want and need and you have to do the work to figure that out. So like after that really bad guy that we were breaking up off and on with, um, I, I really lost one to break it off. Uh, and sometimes I think that's why like I was so like well off because I, I also felt like I had won, right? I was like, I ended it last. But he actually did – he just did something really dumb and stupid and it kind of just woke me up and I was like, why am I with this person? All I'm doing – every time I'm with this person is just, is just being miserable. I'm just miserable left and right. So he left, he left me at a bar. He left me at a bar in front of my friends and like embarrassed me uh, by leaving me. He just like left. He didn't even say goodbye. And we were supposed to go back to his place together. And I was just kind of like, I'm done. I'm done. You have no respect for me. And that is something I need in a relationship. And I mean, there was other things too. Uh, he was also like, um, I was, starting to book my first tour for awkward sex. I'd never done it before and it was like brand new and I didn't know how to, it was new, right? I didn't know how to find these uh, bookers, how to approach them correctly. Now I know. Now I do this all the time pre-COVID with like very big venues and it's fucking great. I love it. But he was like, you can quit. And that was like another, that was, I think like the first moment that I was like, oh, this is the nail in the coffin. Like I think I, this relationship is dead. You just told me to quit on my dream. Um, and I can't have that. But I took that year and again, I've dumped it and I've definitely talked about this on the podcast, but I, I dubbed it my year of dick. I was like, I, I want to like having sex again. Like, again, it felt like sex. I felt like sex was being used against me or like having sex withheld from me and to win arguments or to make a point. And like, that's not okay. Like, that's not okay to do. That's, that's abusive. Um, if you have a high libido, all of a sudden you're like, what? Oh, and also he told me my vagina got too wet. Uh, your homework today is to listen to Wet Ass Pussy by Cardi B and Meg The Stallion. Um, remember, did you guys see on Twitter when Ben Shapiro was like, my wife's pussy is not wet? And everyone was like, we are aware of that. You make no one wet. But like shit like that's like not okay. So I had to 
something that was like really important for me was like to like having sex again, like to be, um, to be okay with like wanting to have sex all the time and be like, yeah, that's my fucking libido. It's great. But again, like I was just kind of like, I don't want to date anyone right now. I just want to have sex. I just want to figure out what I like and what I need. And it taught me like red flags. It taught me what were red flags. Like I, there was this guy that like, I thought I was going to start dating. Um, and then he immediately was like, oh, that's not what I want. And I was like, okay, then I'm like, I'm out. And I was really sad for a day. But then I was like, oh yeah, it's because you put a boundary on it and they didn't respect it or agree with it. And that hurts. And now you're fine. Now you didn't get sucked into another shitty relationship. You like trusted what you needed and trusted the red flag and walked away. And he would sometimes text me too and be like, how are you doing? And I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, we're not, we're not friends. Like, that's not what this is. You can't like, I don't know. It was weird. And he, and then he got mad and he was like, I just, I'm just checking in on you. I was like, you can't do that. You're not my boyfriend. You don't need to fucking check in on me. Like I'm doing a okay. And so like, I told my friend that was like, that's going through this breakup. I was like, I think you like figured it out. Like you hit on the hardest, the, the, you hit on the, the big points, like the, you hit the big red button. And this might be why this hurts so much is because like, while you did love this person, you ultimately chose yourself. And that's a very hard choice to make, even if it is a lot of times the most healthy and the most needed. And, and while it sucks to go through a breakup through, um, COVID when we have all this time on our hands and there's so many things in question, in a weird flux, in a weird limbo. We don't have any hard answers or or any um, enlightenment or clarification. And so maybe that's why this hurts so much. Maybe that's why you're having such a visceral reaction because you know that the work is coming and it's going to be hard. And that year was like that. The year that I did that was really, really hard. And, but I don't think if I had done that work, I would have been ready for Aaron when I met him. And so to go back when I asked Aaron, like, how did you know that I was the one? 30 minutes later, 10, 20, 30 minutes later, he was like, it's not that like there was a moment when I knew you were the one there was a moment when I realized that like, I like, he was like that, not that you were different. It was like a moment when I realized like I was different and that I was willing to do the work in this relationship and willing to see like where this could go. And I think that's very accurate. I think the same thing happened with me. I don't think there was, besides the cheesecake, that's when I knew I loved him, but that's not when I knew that this was different. It's like he said, like, I, there's a moment when I realized that I was different because, like, even during that year of dick, there, like, I obviously have intimacy issues um, that obviously I've, I've worked through with Aaron, but to say, say we were to break up, I don't know what it would be like to start over with someone new. But through, through that year of dick, I had a sex with a lot of people a lot of times. Truly, there was, besides one person, and only because he was like, please stay, please stay, please stay. And I was the dude that lived 10 blocks away. And I was like, dude, I live 10 blocks away. Like, let me go to my bed. I didn't sleep with anyone in their bed. Like, like literally like fall asleep in their bed and wake up with them in the morning. Oh, that's not true. Oh, I'm such a liar. There was two guys. Okay. There was the dude that lived 10 blocks away from me. 
um, but I really did not want to stay. Uh, and he was like, stay, stay, stay. I don't know why I stayed. And then there was the dude that I thought we were dating and he was like, we're not dating. Um, when we slept together, he spent the night in my bed. Otherwise I was like, do no, like I'm not staying at your bed. I'm not saying you're not staying in my bed there. Like I lived in East Harlem. These, a lot of these guys lived in fucking like Park Slope or Carroll Gardens, which was like truly like a two hour commute on the train ride home. And I was like, I'm not, and it's not like they didn't offer. They're like, stay. And I was like, no, I'm good. Like, that's not what I want from this. Um, and I've did that. I've done that my whole like sexually active life in college in college, I was so bad about it that I would sometimes like schedule my hookups when I knew one of my roommates was gone and I'd have the guy come over. We would fuck. He'd fall asleep immediately because that's just what dudes do, I guess. And I would like creep out and go into my roommate's room and like fall asleep there. And then obviously the guy would wake up like very confused because like I didn't leave a note or like text him or anything like that. And like one time one guy was like, I hope I wasn't a disappointment. <laughs> I was like, no, I just have intimacy issues. Um, where was I going with this? But like, yeah, okay. So like I knew because I knew like I was different with Aaron from doing the work that I like the first time like we slept in like well, the first time we fucked and I was like, I'm sleeping in his bed. I'm like staying in his apartment. The universe wanted to test me so hard. This is, it's a story for the stage and it's much funnier than what I'm about to say. Uh, it's a very, very good story. But the first night that we fucked and like I slept in his bed, I got explosive diarrhea. <laughs> Truly not exaggerating. Not in his bed. Don't worry. I made it to the bedroom, but it was like the universe was like testing me so hard. They were like, oh, so you think you can say you can be intimate with this person, not just physically? Like you think you can do it? Well, I'm going to add <laughs> diarrhea and it's fine. And he actually didn't even, he actually didn't even know um, that I had explosive diarrhea uh, because I told him it was period cramps because uh, he was like, you... <laughs> it's so hard to tell this story without actually just like telling the stage story, but I'm not going to do that because it's like a 25 minute set and I'm not doing that. But long story short, he didn't know. <laughs> he didn't know that I had diarrhea and until afterwards. And he was like, what do you mean you had explosive diarrhea? <laughs> I'm going to leave it there because it's not going to do it justice, but it's fine. But truly, like, I think in any other situation, if I hadn't done the work, I would have been like, and I'm getting on that train for two plus hours, even if that means I'm shitting myself because I just can't physically be in a bed with someone because it's too scary, but I was different and I did the work and I'm not sure if that's a, that's a boundary that I set for myself. I think that was more of like a check-in to be like, Hey, why do you do this? Why do you need to do to leave? Why do you have to? And then learning how to say like, do you need to leave? Is that something you really need right now? I mean, opening up to people, being with people, whether it's in a friendship, in a relationship, even in a working relationship, it's very hard. But what I wanted to say next was just, obviously all of this stuff is hard to begin with. Like I did my year of dick and, you know, that was back in 2014. That was before Trump, guys. We were like, who would have known, right? Who would have known? But to have to deal with this during COVID, like that adds a lot of extra, it's not pressure, but just, I think it just kind of spotlights what's going on more harshly 
like as a harsh light on you and everything around you. And I think that's very intimidating at first, but I think in the end, a lot of us will see how much of a gift it is. It just kind of, like I said, it just cuts the bullshit out. Um, myself included, it's cut the bullshit out with like, oh, hey, you haven't taken physically care of yourself in like over a year. You are overworked. You're overstressed. You are busy, but you're not getting anything done because you think that means that uh, you think that's important. You forgot what rest looks like. You forgot what it looks like to stand up for yourself within friendships. You forgot you're not forgot. You're learning that like being a peacemaker within a family is actually one of the worst things you can do for yourself mentally and physically. Uh, you you just can't look away anymore. And it's very scary at first, and it's a lot of hard work at first, but I really think in the end it's worth it. And I think something that's really hard to understand or not that hard to understand, but I think people forget to, to talk about it. But a lot of times like the healing is is harder than the actual wound because um, the healing you have to deal with some ugly truths about yourself. And I think it's really hard sometimes to really look in inward to be like, where am I the problem? Where am I self-destructive for myself? And I think we all are in some ways and we learn and we learn to set boundaries and you learn to set boundaries with the people around you, whether it's a sexual relationship, a physical, an emotional, what have you, you just kind of learn. Maybe it's your vibrator. Guys, I need a new vibrator. We had, well, we still have it. We have a WeVibe one that like one can be used solo uh, and can definitely be used of butts, but we definitely made the rookie mistake of like, we've used it like vaginally and in butts and don't do that. You really, sh- I mean, we've always like put condoms on them and stuff, but like, don't do that. Have a vibe, have a vibe for the butt and for the vag and um, keep them separate. We don't need, we don't need no UTIs during quarantine um, or any type, like just, just don't be like me. Again, we lucked out, but I was just like, what was I thinking? That's so dumb. But the we vibe, I think the company itself, they don't use batteries. They're all like USB charged. And I'm such an idiot. I was like packing last year because we moved last year. And I was like, this USB is for nothing. It was for my fucking vibrator. And I wanted to use it. This is like a couple months ago. I wanted to use it. And then it like, we were like, me and the vibe were having, like, me and the vibe were vibing, you know? And then it just stopped. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, where is the USB? I'm actually gonna look for it again. Cause sometimes you like just don't want to use your fingers. Like, I know, like, I'm good, but you want like a new sensation. So maybe you need a boundary with your vibrator. I also feel like this episode, like, wasn't about breakups at all. Oh, another friend had a breakup. Um, they'd been together before uh, quarantine. And then they decided to quarantine together. Like they weren't living together before that. And just kind of like the same thing. It's just, it. I mean, I think every, I think it breaks down to the same thing of just like they saw the pattern that they didn't like. And, and because the spotlight was so harsh on it, you can't look away and you make a choice. You make a choice for yourself or for that relationship or whatever you think is best, or maybe you ignore it but it only makes the spotlight brighter. And so ultimately they broke up and obviously it was hard. Actually should text her and check in on her. Um, this was a couple of months ago, but 
now she's fucking thriving. Like a lot of times people don't talk about how hard it is to choose yourself. It's really hard, especially like, and I'm, I'm speaking personally for myself. I have always been someone that's put the others ahead, ahead of them. And then I think I've been a caretaker, like a babysitter, a nanny, honestly, since I was like 12 years old and now I'm hitting 32. So we're talking about like legit 20 years you forget, you lose yourself in it if you're not careful. And like, I wasn't careful. I lost myself in it and truly was drowning in other people's needs and like, couldn't even see my own anymore. I didn't even know what that looked like. And it just, it just fucks you up. It fucks you up so hard. It affects you like in every way possible until you deal with it. And like, I hate that we're here. I hate that 170,000 Americans have died. And I just say Americans, I don't know how much it is worldwide. I hate that we're here. I hate that things are being ignored. I hate that we're numb to it. We are officially numb to it. We're numb to like 1500 people dying a day. But I don't know if I would have had this much growth or this much clarity if I wasn't forced to stop. I don't, I would not have stopped on my own. And I actually, I applied for a babysitting job on a whim and because it was in my neighborhood. It was like a five-minute walk from my apartment. And I was like, it checked off every box that I wanted. And I just told Aaron yesterday, I was like, I don't I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can be a babysitter right now. Like I have to choose me. And he was like, Good, like choose you. So I guess what I'm saying is like it's hard. But you'll get through it. And if you're currently going through a COVID breakup right now, I highly recommend watching Shit's Creek. It's a really great way to like, sh- like shut down the brain. Um, cause that's also okay too. Like l- learning how to take a break, taking a break does not mean you're ignoring what you need to work on. You can't work on it 24 seven. That's also like not healthy. Just breathe and take a break and binge watch that or new girl i'm like obsessed with new girl and i shouldn't be i'm i am jessica die like if you're like what character are you i'm literally jessica die uh in so many so many unhealthy ways i'm trying to figure out how to end this i mean i don't i'm not an expert i'm not an expert on dating i'm not an expert on sex i'm not an expert on love i'm never going to claim to be all my thoughts are could be wrong. Um, and I hope you know that I know that and that you don't have to take this as canon. Uh, cause who fucking knows, right? Like who knows? Life is crazy. One of my favorite things to ask when I was like semi dating someone or fucking someone was what is their favorite part of their body or like favorite part of themselves. Um, and not because I think it, says a lot about that person. I just liked learning what people like about themselves. It makes you like take stock in what you like about yourself. And so that's kind of what I want you to do if you want to. I mean, I don't need the answers. Feel free to email me or or message me on Insta or Twitter, but no need. But like, it could be anything. Like, um, like my favorite thing about me is physically that is, is that I have a freckle right above my belly button and I like to pretend it's a moon and that my belly button's the earth and that it's like rotating, orbiting around my belly button. 
don't know when that started. It's just always been like my favorite thing. And now I have like a smaller freckle, like above the moon. So now it's like there's two moons. So then it can't be the earth, right? There's not two moons or orbiting earth that I'm, that I'm aware of. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe there's something out there that we don't know. Um, but yeah, if you're just like, I don't know where to start. I know I need to do work. Just start there. Just be like, oh, I like this about me. And then tell people. And they'll be like, oh, cool. I like this about me. I mean, is that work for a breakup? I don't know. <laughs> I'm like looking on Twitter being like, will Twitter have an answer? Will Twitter be like, this is what you should do? I don't know. Go have like, go have crushes. I think crushes are so fun. And yes, even if you're in a relationship, you're allowed to have a crush. Um, there was something the other day that I was like, Aaron, I think I'm flirting with this person. And he's like, yes, that's going to happen sometimes. I was like, whew, thank God. Um, I feel like this is ending like so sad and I don't want it to. Um, I'm, I'm just trying to think what did I learn that I liked physically during my year of dick? I highly recommend a year of just like fucking with like no strings attached. It's amazing. It was like the coolest experience of my life. Like every single one of those guys except one. Like we still talk. We're still friends. Um, all ended amicably. And like when one would end, this other one would like rev up like immediately. It was so cool. I look back at that year very fondly. And and I mean, obviously it ended with Aaron. And it's interesting because there was actually like I was Tindering, but I was using Tinder. Like I'd never, I've never gone on an online date. I've never like met someone IRL. But there was one guy because I finally felt like ready, right, to like go further that um, on Tinder. I can't remember his name. I remember he was like an artist too. And the only reason we hadn't gone out physically, like face-to-face was because um, I had that conference that I, like me and this person like co-created together. And it was a lot of work and I just didn't have time to, to like go on a date. And I even told that person like, once this is done, like once I take like a day off to rest, like we can go, we can go on a date. Um, and I like meant it. I wasn't going to like ghost him because I, I ghosted on so many people on Tinder. I was the fucking worst. Like truly to this day, there has got to be people that I have ghosted that I have seen IRL and I don't even remember them. Like I remember none of their names, none of their faces. I was such I was totally using them emotionally, which is very fucked up. I will never not say that that's fucked up, that that, that that is not fucked up. But it was like the day after I said that to that dude on Tinder, I was like, oh, once this is done, we can like, we can go on a date. Um, I met Aaron. Well, I met him for the second time, but we, I met him at the show and we like just clicked very quickly. And it was just, I don't know. Would it have been that other dude? Would it have been that Tinder dude? Did that Tinder dude lose out because I hadn't seen him face to face? He even, I remember I had like met, met Aaron at the show on Wednesday. We texted Thursday the next day to be like, this is when we'll go out. And then Friday was the first day of the conference and the dude on Tinder was like, you know, congrats. It's so cool you're doing this. I can't wait to celebrate, take you out and celebrate. And I was like, think I ghosted him I think I didn't respond to that because I didn't know what to do because I, I could immediately tell that I was very interested in Aaron and more so than this guy and it was because I did the work on me 
Um, guys, thank you so much for listening. You guys are the best. It's my birthday tomorrow. You can wish me happy birthday by subscribe, not subscribing. You're probably already subscribing. If you aren't subscribing, subscribe, rate, leave a five star, five stars. I don't want a one star review. Cause like, if you're giving one star, like, why are you fucking listening? Like, go away. Um, yeah, do that. DM me. Tell me you love me. I am a Leo. While I may not ask for it, I love constant praise and um, being adorned. Adored? I just said adorned. Adored by fans. And so that's been happening more often. And I'm like really cool with it. It's like super cool. I feel like super, super cool. One time after his show, I was in Coney Island and I got recognized. And they're like, oh my God. You're Nellie Well, and I had the biggest ego for the rest of the day. And I was wearing that parrot bathing suit that I was talking about and just like felt like the hottest shit in the world. Okay, guys, I love you. Bye. I'll see you on the other side of 32.